Brilliant. Thanks very much. It's very nice being here. Um, at the moment, I think that some voices are more worth listening to than others. And um, right at the start of lockdown, um, there's a famous TV chef who I'll not name, who was talking about how to do great cooking during lockdown. And um, he came out with some comment along the lines of, just grab 100 grams of pancetta from your fridge and lob it into the whatever it is. And at that point, I thought, he's, his fridge really doesn't look very much like my fridge. And I'm not sure he gets to speak into my life for what, my, what lockdown is going to look like for me. Um, at the same time, I met um, last year I met a woman who had been in Afghanistan for nine months um, in lockdown having had some death threats. She was an American uh, worker working in Kabul and had lived there with her family um, with daily death threats for nine months. And she's writing a blog at the moment about lockdown and what she's learned from her experiences that are important for, um, for le le you know, lessons for lockdown. Um, I only read one of those blogs because I think only one of those has authority to speak to me about what um, what lessons I need to know. And um, in hard times, I think James is a voice really worth listening to with authority. And um, I'm sure that's why um, the leaders in Jubilee picked the book of James to, to look at um, during this time. Um, the early church in Jerusalem suffered real persecution and Stephen gets killed and um, the other James gets killed and Peter gets thrown in prison. And at that point, the church scatters and, and so has to escape to safety. But James was one of the people who stuck on it in Jerusalem in the middle of the difficulties. He stuck it out um, through all of the hardship to pastor the church there. And then famine hits and James lives through the famine in Jerusalem and he understands what it's like living in hard times. And then um, shortly after the book of James was written, this letter that James writes was written, um, James himself was killed. And, and what happened was um, the Roman governor at the time um, died. So there was a sort of gap in power. And some of the Jewish leaders took that opportunity to arrest James. And they took him and led him to the top point of the, the temple in Jerusalem, the highest point in the temple, which is where, um, where Jesus had been tempted by Satan to throw himself down from there. Um, the Jewish leaders dragged him up the stairs to, um, you know, to the top of the, the temple and then pushed him over and he fell uh, from the, this high point in the temple. And um, when he landed, he didn't die outright. So the, the um, some of the Jews at the time gathered around him and stoned him to death. And as he was dying, as he was being stoned to death, he, he was shouting out that he forgave the people who were murdering him. I think this is the kind of voice that we need to be listening to um, during lock, lockdown, during hard times that we face. Um, he's got authority and he's writing to a church that's been scattered. And if you think about what scattering means, it, it's easy to sort of skip over things like that. But that means that the church who had been all together, they can't meet anymore. They're in different places. They're living but, you know, with um, 
missing people who'd been close friends to them before. They, they, they've lost a lot of their security. They've lost their comfort. They don't know what the future is going to hold. And writing to this scattered church, he's, he's writing about how they're, they're facing trials and testing of their faith. And he's teaching them how to be mature and persevere and not doubt. And when you think about James in, in this context, it's not a nice theoretical letter. It's a very solid, um, real letter addressing some very hard facts to people who are living with a lot of danger, uncertainty and discomfort. And in the middle of that, he writes about how important it is to know um, that we've got an anchor and he talks about our circumstances, and you've probably looked at this over the last few weeks, but he talks about people from humble circumstances, and he talks about people who are rich. And he, he just says, don't put too much confidence in your position, because uh, it can all change very, very quickly. Um, that's something we've found um, right at the start of lockdown. I was really worried about some of our um refugee friends so I was phoning them up saying are you going to be okay during lockdown are things going to be okay for you and lots of them said the same thing which was you know we've lived through wars already we sort of know what to do don't worry about us if you need any food we've got loads in already come to us and we'll give you food and it's very much different how I was expecting things to be and at the same time you know, I've been speaking to people who six weeks ago had very solid, successful jobs and nice houses and, and everything was good. And all of a sudden, things look a bit more uncertain for, for people looking ahead. And then last week, Jane, um, Rob talked about what James says about temptation. And um, you know, Rob spoke about avoiding baited hooks. And I, I don't know if this says more about me than about anything but when I when I read about temptation I, I sort of think about not eating too much chocolate I think about not just lying in bed all day I think about not watching the wrong stuff on telly and that sort of temptation but actually in the context that James is writing to perhaps some of the temptations of being scattered or being in a difficult time were quite different and um, maybe the temptation that the believers were were feeling was give the temptation of giving into fear and just hiding away and keeping their heads down rather than speaking out. Um, maybe the big temptation that some of them were feeling was the temptation to worry rather than carrying on to trust God for their future. Uh, maybe their temptation was to doubt what God uh, had said to them. And, you know, we've had wonderful words this morning already just about all of God's promises being yes and amen maybe our temptation when things are going not going well when when we're worried about COVID when we're worried about jobs when we're not sure about our future maybe a temptation for us is to be doubting um, that that truth in the Bible that all of God's promises are yes um, and you just want to ask, how are you doing in, in this lockdown, in this unusual time? None of, Very few of us have lived through times like this before. How are you doing with it? What temptations are you facing in the middle of this time? Maybe they're different temptations than you've had before. Um, but 
Speaking to that, um, James says this. He says, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. We need to not be focusing on the things that are tempting us, these baited hooks of worry or fear. We need to be looking somewhere else. And that's what James goes on to speak about in in um, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verses um, 16, 17 and 18. Um you know, so he starts by saying, don't be deceived. Don't look at the temptation. Don't look at the baited hooks, but look somewhere else instead. Look at God instead of the temptation. It, it, it's not that we you know, need to wrestle temptation in a vacuum. We've got somewhere else to put our eyes. We don't just need to be trying not to look at the, the baited hooks. We need to be looking somewhere else, actively looking towards God instead and then he goes on and says something wonderful in verse 17 which is this every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows okay circumstances can change and we're finding circumstances can change very suddenly um seasons change you know you know we go from autumn to spring you know to winter to spring um seasons change but also seasons in our lives change and we don't always know what's coming next you know we can be in a season very you know where everything's good everything's easy and then suddenly we're in in a different season we're facing trials and what James says is, at times like this, and, and, and he'd know what he's talking about, at, at times like this, when seasons change, when the, when the seasons get hard, we need to know where to look. We need to look higher than our circumstances. Okay, we, um, you know, even stars, stars look really solid and unchanging. But he's saying we, we need to look higher than the stars as well. We, we need to look to the Father of the heavenly lights we need to remember at times like this we need to remember uh, what what god said to job that you know god, god revealed himself as the god who puts the stars in the sky you know he can he can order you know some constellations i'll put that one there that one there and, and he he's the father who he's even bigger than stars stars from our point of view look unchanging but he, he's the father of the heavenly lights god is even bigger than than stars okay and listen everything less than god is going to change everything is changeable um but god isn't changeable he's the father of heavenly lights um he's bigger he's higher than all of this okay and of course circumstances are going to change of course we're going to go through hard times because times are changeable Okay, at the moment, this side of eternity, we're going to face times that go up, go up and down. This is unusual because we're all facing a similar time at once. But the reality is, even when lockdown finishes, we're going to still be in times when we're, you know, th- things are still going to be different. You know, we, we're going to have t- difficult times ahead of us, and um, we need to understand that and know that. In times like this, we need to look higher. We need to look at the God who's above all of this. This is what James is saying. This this is James James's tried and tested way of getting through hard times. Okay, 
James had a firm grip on God, who's higher even than stars, the, the father of heavenly lights. And that meant he could face long, t- uh, short term momentary tile, trials and tests and pain and uncertainty because he's holding on to something much, much bigger, much, much more secure. And Ginny Virgin, um, a few years ago, um, brought a prophetic word before the banking crisis. And, you know, many of you will have heard this, but but she said that she felt God's going to shake everything that's shakeable um, in order to lead people to what's unshakable. And I think we're we're in a time where uh, another time of shaking where you know everything that we're confident in is being shaken at the moment. But why is that? What's God's plan in that? What's God's purpose? Is to lead us to something unshakable. It's p- to point us to higher up than even the stars, beyond the seasons, beyond the circumstances we're going on in, uh, we're, we're living in. To, to look at something, at the one thing that's unshakable. I heard another amazing prophetic word a few years ago, and, and it was a picture about um, someone feeling like they were uh, clinging onto some driftwood in the middle of a, a huge, huge ocean, and feeling, feeling like you know, they're the clinging onto this bit of security and saying, God, why aren't you rescuing me? I feel so unsure at the moment. I feel so vulnerable. I'm just clinging on to this little bit of truth in the middle of this huge ocean. And then God spoke into it. And God said, um, actually, the, the thing you're clinging on to is your circumstances. The ocean is my grace and my sovereignty. And we need to have that perspective. We're, what we're clinging on to at the moment is so small. It's so temporary we need to cling on to and be rooted in the, the solid truth that God is eternal. He's unchangeable. He, he, everything else will change. Shadows turn. Seasons come. Shadows change. God remains unshakable. He's the only one who, he's the only thing who never changes. Okay. We need to know God who never changes in his goodness. We need to know that God never, ever, ever changes in his love towards us. Okay, We need to know that God's promise is true, that he's begun something good in us. He'll finish it because that's a promise from God. Okay, We need to be holding on to the perfect big plan of redemption that God has for us. And we need to know that he's for us at the moment. We need to understand that even in all this uncertainty, we have a God, we have a father who's for us. Okay. It, um, James goes on and says, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Okay. Um, I, I found this passage really confusing, to be honest, um, because... For us, first fruits make sense. You know, you, you you plant crops, the first bits of you know fruit come up, and we think that that's a sort of sign that the rest is going to work as well. And we offer the first fruits up to God. Um, so from our point, from human points of view, I get first fruits, but from God's point of view, He already knows that everything He's planned is going to work out. I don't know why. God worries about first fruits because he knows the end as well. He, he's absolutely solid that he knows all of his plans. 
but he calls us um, part of his first fruits. And um, that's amazing, isn't it? That we're a kind of first fruits of God's work. God's, God's done his work. His word has done his work. And, and now we get to be some of the first fruits to God. I, I think that, that means that we're just so valuable to God. God's eyes are on us. God's excitement is in us. Um, and I just think that's a wonderful thing. We've been chosen by God. I don't understand all of this verse, but I know I really like being chosen by God. And that's a wonderful truth to hold on to. I don't quite understand what it means to be God's first fruit, but I really like being God's first fruit. And at the moment, when things are so uncertain, that is a solid truth to hold on to. Our lives might change hugely. The jobs that we've hope for all our lives, the career paths that we've got, the plans that we've had for holidays and family things might all change. Even our health and our lives might could be cut short at times like this. But we are God's first fruit and we've been chosen by God. And that, that's enough. That's something solid to hold on to. Okay, James was a human being he had good days, he had bad days. He must have felt fear creep up on him sometimes. He must have had days when he was living with uncertainty. He must have had moments where trials were just overwhelming to him as he was sticking on in Jerusalem. As he was being dragged up the stairs to, his, to be thrown to his death, he must have been had moments where fear was trying to grip hold of him. But he had an unshakable faith that was based in the unchanging nature of God and the unchanging promise that he'd been chosen by his father in heaven okay this truth is a solid solid anchor for us to hold on to okay he, James lived knowing the bigness of God and the sovereignty of God and the love of God and and in the middle of Covid and in the middle of whatever trials come next in our lives and in the middle of even the good bits in our lives we need to hold on to the bigness of God I'm, I'm daily I'm trying to focus my eyes on the bigness of God at the moment through this and I, I need to have my eyes looking up past the circumstances past whatever Boris is going to say this evening uh, and my eyes need to be on the bigness of God and just want to encourage you Jubilee get your eyes on God's bigness God's goodness God's sovereignty God's got this okay God's been here before he knows what he's doing he's bigger he never changes Okay, bless you.